So, John, I was thinking uh, last, last Sunday was Easter, right? How many of you had a great Easter? Did you? Amen. Uh, I did too, and I did something that I've done every Easter for the last 30-some, probably 30-some years. Uh, I don't know. When it gets to 30 years, you start, you know, rounding it out to 5 or 10 or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So, anyways, uh, I've been hiding Easter baskets. So, my wife, my wife is the birthday queen, and she's the Easter basket queen. She makes sure her kids all get baskets, so it's my job to hide them. So, uh, this last year, you know, when kids get those baskets, it's like they found a treasure. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like a gold mine. So, this year, it was for my, my two little, two of my little grandkids, and uh, so I hid them outside. So it can get rough, you know, in my neighborhood, and I hit them out in the woods. I mean, they could still be looking for those baskets. As a matter of fact, just a little side note here that I, I heard Mike Clark hid his so much he can't even find them. <laughs> so anyways, I hid these baskets for these two little ones, and uh, then... Then I wanted them, to, okay, I want them to find them. I want them to find the treasure. So when uh, little Violet wandered off a little too far down into the woods, it's like, no, come back up here, you know, go this way. Just kind of help them because you want them to find the treasure. That's the whole thing. And then they find it, and then, you know, you are the greatest grandpa in the world. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to do something similar to that today. We're going to reveal a map. We're going to find a map revealing how to get the greatest treasure out of your spiritual walk. And of course, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're talking about God's mighty power. So go with me there in Ephesians 6. I'm going to reread a couple of these verses. We've already talked about verse number 10, 11, 12. We talked about the armor of God, so we're not going to reread all of it, but we're going to reread part of this. And I think this message. Today, John, I think this message is like the epic message for Ephesians. It's like the top of the mountain. Here we are. Okay, we've read about all this treasure and all this stuff, you know, God has for us and, and the power, mighty power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we, you know, what's the doorway to get it? How do we walk in it every day in our life and experience God's mighty power in our lives? So that's what we're talking about today, Lord, and as we open up this word, as we open up this message, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to continue to have your way in us right now. Open up your word to us. Open up our hearts to your word. And maybe for some of us, it's a new word. It's a new message, new revelation, new understanding of your word. And I pray that it would be. I pray that this message becomes a treasure for every person in this place, Lord, when we leave this place or if we're at home, well, for a pound today, God, before we leave, before we shut it off, before we're done with this message, God, we experience a new spiritual treasure in our life. And that is knowing the doorway, walking through the doorway to experiencing the mighty power of God in our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name, if you want it, shout amen. amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How many of you want to take your stand against the devil's schemes? 
I hope you're with me on that. Uh, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Jump to verse 18, which is our main focus for today. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we're going to look at four ways I think Paul shares with us here. Four ways that we can that that we we can pray. You know, prayer becomes the doorway to experiencing God's mighty power in our lives. So four ways that we can pray and then in turn experience God's mighty power in our lives and being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because if you leave here weak and unable and don't understand how to stand against the enemy, then we kind of wasted some time here today. And we don't want to do that. We want to understand how do we stand against the wiles of the devil? How do we stand every day in the spiritual battles that we're in? Because how many of you have spiritual battles? I do. Uh, We all do, and, and maybe you just don't know it, but I'm telling you, you do have spiritual battles in your life, and God's enabled you to stand in there. So four ways. Number one, number one, he says, pray in pneumati. So that's the Greek term that he used, pneumatic. Uh, a pneumatic tool gets its name from this pneumatic, this Greek word. It's talking about air. Uh, it's talking about wind. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's a symbolism. There's a concept with the Holy Spirit that he's like the breath of God that breathed life into Adam, pneumatic. The Holy Spirit is the wind of God. In the book of Acts, they heard what was like the sound of a mighty wind that ushered into that room. It was the Holy Spirit, the pneuma, or pneumati of the Holy Spirit, the wind, the breath of God that came into that place. So Paul tells us to pray in the pneumati, pray in the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, pray in or through the Holy Spirit. And the Greek says it this way, literally, this is the the word-by-word translation from Greek to English. It says, praying all, always, in the Spirit. All, always. That's not a very good sentence for us in English, but it helps us understand God wants us, when we pray, all, always, pray in the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not depending on you. And your words, and your mind, and your thoughts. But it's when we connect with the Holy Spirit in our lives that then the prayers that we pray become powerful prayers because it's the Holy Spirit that gives them breath, gives them life, gives them wind, and empowers them before God. Uh, So praying always in the Spirit. Think of it in these terms. He's talking about praying in an attitude where our heart should be in fighting or wrestling mode. Now, you know, I'm thinking about having lunch after the service. Some of you are too. And and before we have lunch, we pray. So you say, Pastor, I don't really wrestle, you know, over praying for God to bless the meal, right? Well, 
You know, maybe there's times like that, but yet our prayer, real powerful prayers we're talking about, need to be in a wrestling mode, in a fighting mode, because we know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark world. So we're not playing games here. Uh, you know, this life, living for Christ, is, is not hide and seek. It's, this is real life and death stuff, spiritual battles, wrestling with lions, as we've been singing about. Uh, um, so, so to gain the Holy Spirit's help and guidance, we need, to, we need to pray with fighting in a fighting and wrestling mode so that our burdens will be released, so that we'll hear the Holy Spirit's voice in our hearts. Amen. And that's what the church experienced in Acts 13. Verse 1, now in the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. They were so reliant on the Spirit's help and guidance that they wouldn't even pick two people to, you know, to, to take care of these things without praying and fasting first. They wanted to seek the Lord's guidance, seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. Why was that important? Couldn't any of them go? But they could, but when things get hard, when persecution comes, when it gets difficult, when the enemy declares war to stop your outreach and people start throwing stones at you like they did, then you need to know that God's called you. You need to know that God has called you to go, to, to do whatever he's called you to do. You need to know that deep in your heart. Uh, when you leave the safety of home, you go on a foreign mission trip or you go into any kind of spiritual battle, you need to know that God has put you there for a reason, that God has called you to be there, that he sent you out just like on Mission Impossible. He sent you out into a crazy situation that seems... Now, what's going to happen? You're going to have all these temptations and trials and difficulties and, and opposition against you. And you got to know, I'm on a mission. I've got the Holy Spirit. He sent me here. And I'm not here alone. He's backing me up. Amen. So I was reading some time ago about a famous missionary by the name of Victor Plymeyer. Maybe some of you older ones recognize his voice. Back in the 1930s. Uh, he felt a call from God to go to Nepal, the, the, the country of Nepal, which was a very non-Christian, anti-Christian uh, people. Uh, the indigenous people there, in fact, uh, become very angry when you bring Christianity to their land. So it was going to be a, uh, it was going to be a fight to bring the gospel into that country. And at uh, one particular point, he was... Going across the country, he was up high in the Nepalese mountains, uh, snow and cold and ice, and they're on horseback with a team of people, and they're bringing tracks. They're going across the country, bringing gospel tracks to other people, and whoever they bump into, they're just sharing Jesus with anybody and everybody they can find. And as they're going across, they come to this icy river. And they didn't know, as they're riding on horses, is the ice thick enough to hold the horses? So... Uh, Victor Plymeyer decided he'd go out on the ice first and test it you know, on his horse and went out onto the ice and didn't know there was a weak point that was covered with snow. Why are the, the thin places always covered with snow? I don't know. But he, he hit that thin place and his horse went down into the water. 
Well, the good news is it wasn't super deep, but it was deep enough that his feet were in that icy cold water. And he could not get his feet out of the water as much as he struggled too. And so his horse was able to eventually get out of the water, but now his shoes were soaked. His feet are freezing. It's bitter cold. You Wisconsinites know what bitter cold is. It's bitter cold and snow out, and his feet are beginning to freeze, and they look around for wood to build a fire, and there's no wood anywhere. And so what could they do? They had to cross the river and keep going. And as he's going, his feet are freezing. And I mean literally freezing into a frozen block, wet, cold. A whole day of riding, no wood. Another day of riding, no wood. Finally, they were able to make camp and build a small fire. But they all knew it was too late. His feet were frozen solid. He's in deep pain, as you can imagine, from it. And not knowing what to do. And uh, this went on for some time with him as well. Um, And the only way was that he needed a miracle from God. He didn't know this, and Victor Plymeyer did not hear about the rest of this story for 10 years. But what happened was back in the United States of America, there was an older couple in a church in Detroit, Michigan, who who were reading about Victor Plymeyer in the newspaper. And the newspaper said that this particular missionary who had gone to Nepal was missing and assumed dead, hadn't been heard from in eight months. Somehow he had been killed by these native people or whatever, but the report was that he had been killed. And this woman, this elderly woman from Assembly of God Church in Detroit is reading this in the newspaper, and she said, as she was reading it, uh, she said, uh, and I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to read this to you because this was, this was a letter she wrote back to Victor Plymeyer about what happened to her, what she experienced. As she's reading this newspaper, she, she said, and I quote, the spirit of prayer came upon me. And as I knelt weeping, the Holy Spirit cried out, oh, his poor feet, Lord, his poor feet. You can well imagine my dismay. I was praying for a dead man's feet. That night I went to church and found out that one of the elders had had the same experience over you. That comforted me a little. Now I would like so much to know all about it. Mrs. L.E. Dean. Well, for 10 days he suffered intensely from the pain in his feet. In fact, he prayed and begged God that his feet would just fall off. He just wanted to be done with the pain. And he said that the flesh was dead, but it didn't fall off. His feet did not fall off. In fact, not only did they not fall off, but suddenly the skin and feet began to change color. The feet began to melt, even in that bitter cold. Feeling came back into his feet. New new skin formed over his feet. In fact, he said his feet were completely healed, And he wrote back to her in a letter and said, My feet are normal now. Wow. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer. Verse 16 says, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you were here or you watched the message with... uh, 
with Stacy and I when we preached on on the the uh, the, the spiritual armor that God's given us. We talked about the Roman armies would soak their shields in water so that they would not burn up when they were shooting these flaming arrows at their shields. Well, that's what God wants us to do too, to soak ourselves in prayer, soak ourselves in his Holy Spirit so that when the enemy is shooting flaming arrows at us to attack us, we're covered. We're covered in prayer. We're covered in the Holy Spirit. Those arrows aren't going to get through to us. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So prophecy builds us all up. It edifies us, strengthens us, encourages us. How many can testify to that, that some word of encouragement has, has encouraged you? Well, in a similar way, praying in a tongue or praying in a language that you did not learn, the Holy Spirit prays through you, can edify you. It encourages you. You don't know what you're praying. It's, he says there, it's a mystery that's, that's revealed and, and that's sent to the Father. And you don't know. The Holy Spirit's praying through you. And that encourages you. It's a special fellowship, a special uh, encouragement that happens between you and God. Amen. Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Some of you know that. The Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for or how to pray, what to say, what to ask God for. You may, you may be that woman in Detroit, Michigan, and God puts a missionary in Nepal because we, we support a missionary to Nepal. He may be having freezing feet or whatever is going on, attacked by the enemy, whatever. And the Holy Spirit, you don't know what's going on, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows what's going on all over the world? He knows what's going on in your life and your family and your church and with your pastors and you know, on and on it goes. He knows. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in your life and he knows what's going on in the world. He knows your needs. He knows your family's needs. He knows, as I've already said, your church's needs. He knows the missionaries' needs. He knows our nation's needs. He knows about the flaming darts of the enemy that are going to be launched against you and your shield this week. He knows what's coming your way. How of you say, well, if he knows what's coming, I'd rather have him do the praying. Yeah. Well, this is what Paul is talking about. He's saying that there's this groans or deep emotional language of the heart. You, you understand this when we talk about grief. How of you have grieved before? You've grieved a loss, a deep loss in your life. And sometimes you don't have words, do you? It's just your heart just kind of, oh, ah. Crying, weeping. What is that? It's the deep language of the heart. And Paul is saying the Holy Spirit speaks through that deep language of our heart. 
and intercedes through us through that in a language maybe you and I don't understand and probably don't. Other than that, there's just this release, emotional release in us. And, and all we have to do, you know, our part is just to open the door, open our mouth and say, Holy Spirit, pray through me. I'm here. I'm available. And you know what's going on, so just pray through me right now and, and pray through the language of the heart. All we have to do is make ourselves available. Anytime, any place, anywhere, even if you're in a traffic jam. All right? In fact, that's a good time to pray. Uh, but all the apostles... You know, in addition to that, all the apostles fasted. They fasted and prayed. So what is that all about? Well, that's just setting aside every minute you got to seek God. There's no legal special formula with fasting. Fasting is just the heart saying, I don't have time to eat. I've got to seek God. I've got to pray. I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me. I'm in a battle, or my friend is in a battle, or a missionary's in a battle, or whatever it might be, you know, and, and I've got, I'm serious about this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay aside my time, my food, my personal agenda, and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to seek God in prayer until the breakthrough comes. Yeah, Jude talks about this in Jude 1.20. He says, but you, dear friends, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, Jude sounds kind of like a treasure hunting guide. And he's found one of the greatest treasures for living the Christian life. And he calls us dear friends because you don't share this treasure with just anyone. You share it with those who are closest to you. He says, here's the door to God's mighty power in your battles. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Start praying in and through the Holy Spirit. And you too will discover God's power and see breakthroughs from heaven. Start listening for his voice and he will begin to use you to pray for others that may have frozen feet or missionaries that may be going through a, a hard thing or even people that you know, people in the church or, or people that are not saved yet, coworkers who need to know Jesus. You don't know what's going on, but God will pray through you and, and help those people as you pray. So number one, Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Number two, he says, and again, this is the, the Greek, he says, pray in pantikairo. That means kairo is a Greek term for time. And in fact, the Bible in the New Testament uses the word kairo in several different places to speak of God's special time. How many of you know God has special moments in time in which he wants to do something. The book of Romans chapter 5 says, at the right Cairo, at the right time, God sent his only son. It wasn't just a random time, it was a special designated moment when Israel was ready, when Roman government was ready, when Mary and Joseph were ready. Everything was ready, a God-ordained moment, that's a Cairo moment. In that Cairo moment, God sent his son. Uh, and there are Cairo moments in your life. And there are Cairo moments when God wants us to pray. Special moments, God-ordained moments when God says, you need to pray, you need to seek my face, you need to pray for this person, or you need to pray for this thing in your life. And, and so Paul says, pray in those special moments, but also pray on all occasion, occasions. Every time, every season, every opportunity, 
You need to pray. So an example, I think, is in the New Testament in uh, Mark chapter 9 when a father brought his oppressed son to the disciples and he was oppressed or possessed or whatever demonically and this father brought his sons to, to Jesus' the disciples and said, heal my son. <clears throat> and they were unable to heal him. And so we read about it in Mark chapter 9 beginning in verse number 17. It says, one of the, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought my son who was, has a mute spirit and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Verse 19, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, to Jesus, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been going, has this been happening to him? He said from childhood, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. You need to circle that one in your Bible right there. Uh, so if you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. How many of you believe that? Verse 24, when, uh, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That was, um, that's like a moment when the Holy Spirit maybe was praying, speaking through him. When Jesus saw that the people came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said he is dead but Jesus took him by the hand lifted him up and he arose and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out this last verse is the key hear Jesus's words Jesus said this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Yeah, they needed a breakthrough. And Jesus knew that they needed more than just to go out there. They needed to pray and fast. And like he said, fasting is, more, is, is about setting aside time to focus in on the Lord, to pray, to seek him, to say, I, I need God more than food. I need to seek him more than I even need food. Just like I physically hunger, my body needs food, my spirit needs him. I need God. I need to call on his name right now. And Jesus was telling them that the father had the keys for this boy's healing. They needed to come to him and approach him with all that they had. And Jesus had the keys because of two reasons. He was the son of God and because he regularly fasted and prayed. If Jesus needed it, how much more do we need it, right? How much more do we need it? Number three is this. Pray with an all-day conversation with God and at certain Cairo, God-ordained moments, with supplication. The King James Version says supplication. The New King James Version says with all perseverance and supplication. It means a determination to intercede and pray through, to pray it through until the victory comes from the Holy Spirit. Some say supplication is a kind of prayer for getting rid of evil and defeating evil. 
the Adam Clark's commentary says that it seems to mean prayer, supplication is prayer, continued in strong and incessant pleadings until the evil is averted or the good communicated. It's about the intensity of our praying. It's like reliable soldiers. We are to be keeping alert, literally in all persistence. Never give the enemy an opportunity to sneak an arrow through a crack in your armor. Yeah, so Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is what we read. That about the church, the New Testament church, as it just was forming, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The result was, beginning in verse 43, Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. So this is... This is the kind of prayer that changes things. And you know what? Prayer doesn't just, prayer changes things. I mean, believe it. Prayer changes things. But how many also know prayer changes me? The prayer. It changes things, but it also changes me. And I need some changing. <laughs> but it changes our church. It changes our pastor. It releases God's anointing and mighty power. It brings unity. Just from this passage of Scripture, it brought unity in the New Testament church. It brought a spirit of giving. It brought a spirit of serving. Prayer brought a, a willingness to sacrifice. It released God's presence in the New Testament church. It, it filled people with a sense of awe. You know, if there's anything we want when people come to church is to leave with a sense of awe. I was in God's presence this morning. Never lose that sense of awe. You know, my worst fear is people leave church bored. You know, and today a lot of people don't want to go to a lot of churches because it's boring. In the New Testament book of Acts, there was a sense of awe. What brings that sense of awe at the Holy Spirit's presence? It's you and me spending time with the Lord praying, praying for each other, praying for our pastors, praying for our deacons, praying for our teachers, praying for our families, praying for our teachers, praying for our missionaries, Praying, 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 fasting and praying and not allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us. That's what brought the sense of awe in the New Testament. That's what will release God's wonders and miracles today like it did then in the book of Acts. And that's what brought about spiritual, a spiritual harvest then and will bring about a spiritual harvest today. It's a key to the treasure map of God's blessing and God's power and uh, how we can stand against the wiles of the devil. In fact, we've got a testimony this morning. Peggy, if you'd come up at this time. She didn't know, didn't know what I was going to do this. So we're going to give you just a personal testimony today of God's hearing prayer and answering prayer. Hi, good morning. Well, first of all, I just want to say that um, this, this happened to me, it was about six weeks ago, but I just told Pastor like about four or two weeks ago about it. And, and it happened when we were in prayer one Wednesday morning. And when we were praying, I, I saw a round thing, okay? And it had all these roots on it. It just, I know, right, ladies? <laughs> and, <laughs> And I saw this round thing anyway, and it had all these roots. But then when I went close to it and I began to look, I was looking, and I thought, I was just looking through these roots, and I'm like, now, mind you, this is happening as we're all praying. 
But I looked inside these roots and I thought I saw the United States. And then I looked closer and what I saw underneath it was this globe and it was all of glass and it was this, just this big globe and it was, it was in glass but it was encased with these roots. And as, and then as we were all praying, I just saw this hand. Now this hand in our, in our, the way we think of strength, we look at strength and we either see it as steroids or we look at strength and we see, you know, muscle building or whatever. Well, I saw this arm, this forearm come out and this forearm had great strength. It had great authority. And, and not only that, it moved with ease. And it came out over the top of this, of this globe that was covered. And I could see, when I looked at that globe, I could see all, this, all these countries and everything just etched like in this glass. And I saw this hand that moved out over the top of this, of this glass globe. And as, as our, the arm reached out over the top of this glass globe, it reached down and it grabbed, it grabbed all these roots and it just lifted it straight up. And as it lifted these roots straight up, they began, as when I looked down, I saw all of us in the prayer room and we were praying. But as these roots came up, all these things started breaking off. I saw sparks and I heard ping, ping. That's all these roots were. I saw ping, ping, ping. I saw... I saw abortion, I saw the LGBT, I saw trans, I saw, I saw pornography, I saw sex trafficking. I saw all these things that were just encased around this world. And as I looked and, and I saw these things, they began to break off one by one by one. And as we were praying, and as we were just lifting, because I, I could see us down in the prayer room, but I could also see the Lord. And these things began to break off and I would hear ping, 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 and I see a spark, and these things were just breaking off, and, and afterwards, I just, I looked down, and I saw these roots, and these roots were going down into hell, and I went over, and I looked, but, but there were just a few of these longer roots that were just going down into this, like, crevice, and as I looked down, I saw these flags almost, but they said, like, agenda, 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 agenda on them. Five times I saw different flags that said agenda on them. And I don't know what that, I still don't know. I'm, I'm not the interpreter of it. I'm just the one that saw it. And so I stood, I stepped back from the edge of it. And as I stepped back, I looked back down and we were all praying. And, and Paul, you pray much about sex trafficking and on the back side of, the, of this globe, and on the back side, I don't know if it was down by Australia or down in the South Asian countries or whatever, I saw these sparks as you were praying about the sex trafficking. I saw those sparks, and they were breaking. And so we don't know what our prayers, like Pastor was saying, where they, but then I looked, and I looked down and I saw us praying, but then I looked up and there were still many, many roots around there. And I asked the Lord, I just looked up and I just, this is, I know my great faith, but I just looked up and I said, Lord, we need your church. Amen. And immediately I was back down in the prayer room 
And the, the word that stuck in my heart was, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will come and heal their land. And that was the scripture that stayed in my spirit after I had seen that. But I wanted to encourage you to know that God is in our prayer rooms and he's working on the behalf of us and the saints. And, and maybe I needed to see that. I don't know, but I saw him breaking these things. And these roots were nothing. I want to tell you that. They were nothing in his sight. These roots were nothing. They pinged and they pinged and they were gone. Hallelujah. That's the power of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. How many of you have been all wrapped up in CBN, CB, C, CNN, I mean, ABC, CBS, reading your papers, getting all messed up in your minds, full of fear, full of worry, full of anxiety, feeling like you don't dare leave your closets at home or wherever it might be. There's all kinds of panic, all kinds of anger, anger over elections in our nation, we're all wrapped up in all this political stuff, and the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. See, we, miss, we missed it. We should have been in prayer and intercession in the Spirit instead of being critical of all of our government, government people, and voting, elections, COVID, and all this other stuff. Listen, you didn't resolve one thing with all your criticalness but you could have helped break some roots from the, from the demons of hell had you been in intercession in prayer led by the Holy Spirit. I'm done. Amen. <laughs> Number four. Number four. He says, the last thing he says is, pray also for me. Pray also for me. Here's the Apostle Paul asking them to pray for him. He's the super Christian. He's a man of faith. Why does he need prayer? If he needed prayer to overcome fear and intimidation, how much more do I? If the Apostle Paul, who had all this knowledge and spiritual power, he needed others to pray for him that he would have the right words to say, how much more do I? If the Apostle Paul knew that prayer would enable him to preach fearlessly and fearlessly, he says it twice to emphasize it, how much more do I? How much more do I need prayer to be a fearless witness to the people that God sends me to? And what about you? We all need people praying for us. We all need to know that prayer can break the spirit of fear in us, the fear of people, the fear of inferiority, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of failure. Ephesians 3.1, Paul calls himself the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Ephesians 4.1, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord. And in Acts 28.20, he says, it is because of the hope of Israel that I'm bound with this chain. You know, he accepted his calling. He accepted the suffering, accepted losing his freedom, accepted being chained for the gospel through prayer and the intercession of God's people for him. It's a great reason to join one of our prayer groups, pray for each other to win our battles. Amen. How many of you have spiritual battles? 
How many of you know the enemy attacks you during the week? How many of you have temptations? How many of you have family members that need prayer? How many of you live in a nation that needs prayer? Stand to your feet if you know it's true this morning. Who wants to stand against the devil's schemes? Stand to your feet if you want to stand against the devil's schemes. Who wants to extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy? I do. Come on. Let's pray right now. In fact, I want you to pray for somebody near you just now in Jesus' name. Groups of two or three. I want you to just put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Just now, would you do that? Put your hand on somebody's shoulder and just pray for them. Right? Maybe you don't even know that person. That's okay. This is your opportunity to get to know them. So just begin to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Just allow the Holy Spirit even to pray through you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray that God fills them with His Holy Spirit just now. The mighty power of heaven fills their being. Come on, let's pray. God gives them a victory right now in Jesus' name. Oh, God, let's pray a shield round about them. Let's pray that they lift up that shield of faith soaked in the Holy Spirit's water, soaked in His presence. God, enable them to lift up the shield of faith with which they can quench all the fiery darts of the devil, the evil one. In Jesus' name, God, enable them to put on the whole armor of God and to walk through that doorway through prayer. Prayer in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. In those chiral moments. Praying in the Spirit in every opportunity. Praying for breakthroughs, Lord. Come on, let's just pray that their prayer life just abounds, that it just explodes, the anointing of heaven upon it, in Jesus' name. Lord, pray that we as a church become greater people of prayer. Lord, we're going to pray our missionaries through to victory, in Jesus' name. Pray that they have a new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leading and groaning within them. The voice of the Spirit to pray through them, Lord. Give us new sensitivity in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we pray for new victories. Victories in battles this week, God. Give them victories. Give them victories, Lord. Give them victories. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Give us all victories in the Holy Spirit this week, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just pray God turns us loose to be a witness for him this week. That God will send us to somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Come on, that the Lord would use us to share our testimony with somebody this week, Lord. Empower us to not be fearful as the Apostle Paul prayed. Drive out that fear. Let us not be intimidated, Lord. Let us not be fearful. But let every one of us today, Lord... Let our testimony gain in power so we can be a witness to somebody that doesn't know Jesus this week. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This song, famous one, is a prayer. Let's lift it up as our prayer.